You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we're taking a look at the newest movie from Ridley Scott and Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata, House of Gucci. It was a name that sounded so sweet, so seductive. Synonymous with words, style, power. But that name was a curse, too. I've been a Gucci all my life. Your name is in the history books. When Patrizia Reggiani, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family, her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately, murder. Written by Becky Johnston and Roberto Bentevegna, and based on the novel by Sarah Gay Forden, and directed by Ridley Scott, House of Gucci stars Lady Gaga as Patrizia Reggiani, Adam Driver as Maurizio Gucci, Al Pacino as Aldo Gucci, Jeremy Iron as Rodolfo Gucci, Jared Leto as Paolo Gucci, and features Jack Houston and Selma Hayek. House of Gucci has everything that it needs to be a successful feature. It has a monster cast, a talented writer, a successful novel, and one of the most prolific directors of all time. But its 158-minute runtime lacks the one thing it needs to be a quality picture, and that's a likable character. There is not a single redeemable character in this entire movie, and regardless of the acting power in their shoes, I sat silently in my seat hoping there was a hit out on everyone that ever crossed the screen. And that doesn't mean that the acting is bad. There are certainly certain actors that stunk up the screen, and that's me being polite, but there are also some shining stars. Firstly, I would not be surprised if Lady Gaga was nominated for Best Actress at this year's Academy Awards. She showed range and stayed in character using a fake Italian accent that almost never wavered. Al Pacino shows that he still has chops, Adam Driver is the most likable of the least likable people ever, and Jeremy Irons is critically underused in modern-day Hollywood. Jared Leto, on the other hand, seems to be caught in this gimmick casting routine. He often plays overly costumed and made-up characters that he looks nothing like the frontman of 30 Seconds to Mars, and he doesn't even do it well in this movie. House of Gucci featured a lot of time jumps, and at the same time, it was never clear what era they were currently in when on screen. The soundtrack jumped all over the place, with songs from the 80s being played during scenes from the 70s, songs from the 70s being played over scenes from the 90s, a character received a gift card while the scene seemed to be based in the 80s, and then slang terms were used that weren't even being used yet. It was all a jumbled mess, despite having the odd date thrown up on the screen. Overall, House of Gucci is not a bad movie. Now that said, it's not a good movie either. I'm glad that I watched it, but I have zero intention of ever watching it again. Will it win awards? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised, especially since my opinion seems to differ so much from those of the Academy. Should you watch it? If you want to use two and a half hours watching horrible people act horrible to one another be my guest i give house of gucci a c as we approach the holiday season the parties are creeping in so why not stand out with a fresh cut and style the team at swish barbershop at 844 st mary's road are ready to line you up and make you look your best walk-ins are welcome or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com i've just been handed an urgent news story Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with some information about the Batman. I'm Batman. 
Warner Brothers has officially released the synopsis for the upcoming Matt Reeves feature that releases on March 4th of 2022. It says the Riddler plays a dangerous game of cat and mouse with Batman and Commissioner Gordon in Gotham City. A much longer version was also released by Warner Brothers that details other characters that we'll see, including Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman, Oswald Cobblepot, aka The Penguin, amongst many others. In streaming news... Netflix has signed on to be the home of the upcoming Power Rangers cinematic universe. Go, go, Power Rangers! Entertainment One president of global television Michael Lombardo gave a small update saying, quote, Since we set up Power Rangers with Jonathan, referring to Jonathan Entwistle, who is the director of a new Power Rangers movie, we pitched really a whole world approach. It's not just one show. It is shows followed by films, some kids programming. We have found a great writing partner for him. They are off. Knock on wood, Netflix is excited. We're excited. We hope to have some news soon. Entwistle then released his own statement saying, quote, I guess the cat's out of the bag. The new Power Rangers universe is coming to Netflix. Netflix also seems to be the home of the upcoming Gorillas movie. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless. The band frontman Damon Albarn released a statement saying, quote, I'm at Netflix because we're making a full-length Gorillaz film with Netflix. We're having a writing session in Malibu this afternoon. It's really exciting to do that. It's something we've been wanting to do for a very long time. It's been through so many incarnations, this Gorillaz doing a movie, honestly. Albarn did state that the band signed contracts back in 2020, and the project has now entered the scripting phase. It will be an animated film that he described as kind of abstract and that it's a big risk for a movie studio because they can be very expensive. He also went on to say that he sees a lot of people doing animated videos recently and that they don't really touch the quality of the gorillas. The band has always been represented by animated characters and even upon touring will also perform behind a screen as 3D renderings of their animated characters perform for the fans. Over at Disney, Kathleen Kennedy has teased that she has upcoming plans for the Star Wars sequel trilogy characters. She was quoted by Empire Magazine of saying, certainly those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on, and those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. Well, that doesn't add a lot. Adam Driver recently came out saying that he would be willing to return as Kylo Ren, as well as John Boyega stating that he would return to finish off the arc of Finn. She also went on to talk about the emotional reunion between Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen in the upcoming Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi series. She said, quote, The thing that was most exciting was being on the set and watching the two of them get excited. They hadn't seen each other in a long time. I was surprised at just how incredibly emotional it was for each of them to find themselves back in these roles and just realizing how important Star Wars was to each of them. It was the beginning of their careers. During the same interview, Kathleen Kennedy also mentioned that the upcoming Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic series that was announced that would star Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, has been cancelled. She said that there was no new news to report on the spinoff, and any ideas that may have been used for the new show would likely be used going forward in The Mandalorian instead. The Walt Disney Company also released their annual report, which includes just how much they're planning on spending on content in 2022. They are planning on spending a whopping $33 billion on content over the next fiscal year. That includes their streaming programming, linear programming, and sports content as well. Just for 
reference, they spent $25 billion on content for 2021, so the $8 billion increase is no small potatoes. The increase is driven primarily by Disney's various streaming platforms, which include Disney+, Hulu, and ESPN+. With all the various Marvel and Star Wars projects Disney has planned, it's very easy to see where this money will go, but picking up sports rights is also expensive on top of that. And for the sake of comparison... Netflix, which is the biggest streaming game in town, only spent $14 billion on content this past year, which of course is less than half of Disney's budget right now. Over at Amazon, with the recent successful launch of the Wheel of Time series, Amazon is hoping to get more into the science fiction realm. While no deal is currently in place, Amazon Studios is nearing a deal to develop a series based on the best-selling sci-fi video game franchise from Electronic Arts called Mass Effect. Originally developed by BioWare, the Mass Effect franchise takes place in the future where civilization is under threat by a highly advanced machine race known as the Reapers. The player would take on the role of Commander Shepard, an elite human soldier. The franchise spawned four games so far, and it was announced last year that a new sequel was currently in development. A Mass Effect movie was talked about previously, but BioWare's Mac Walters confirmed that the company doesn't think a feature film is the best route. He said, quote, what story are we going to tell in 90 to 120 minutes? Are we going to do it justice? If you're going to tell a story that's as fleshed out as Mass Effect, TV is the way to do it. There's a natural way it fits well with episodic content. Over at Peacock, a teaser was released for their up coming series, MacGruber, starring Will Forte. According to court documents, you repeatedly said, eat my All of you can eat my Originally starting as a Saturday Night Live sketch, MacGruber was made into a feature-length film that also featured Kristen Wiig and Ryan Phillippe. The Peacock series will be eight episodes long and also feature the return of Kristen Wiig and Ryan Phillippe joining Will Forte. The series will also star Sam Elliott as Perry, MacGruber's father, who has drifted apart from his son over the years, but is there to offer sage guidance on his latest mission. Lawrence Fishburne will also perform as General Barrett Fasus, a highly decorated soldier who commands the respect of the entire U.S. military, and also happens to be married to MacGruber's ex-wife, Vicky St. Elmo. The series' villain, Enos Queeth, will be played by Billy Zane. Queeth is one of MacGruber's mortal enemies who is thought to have been dead, but has since resurfaced to carry out a heinous plot to destroy the world and claim his revenge against MacGruber. As for the teaser itself, it takes the form of an exclusive prison interview where MacGruber comes face-to-face with his crimes. What's life in prison like for you? Oh, it's great. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Great first question, Ted. And finally, we end on the sad news that Broadway legend Stephen Sondheim has passed away at the age of 91. The current cause of death is unknown at this time, but it seems that the passing was sudden as he had recently celebrated Thanksgiving with a dinner with friends the day before. Even if you're not a huge fan of musical theater, you should know that Stephen Sondheim was the lyricist behind The Sound of Music, Oklahoma, The King and I, and so many more. Over the decades, we have seen a number of Stephen Sondheim adaptations make their way to the big screen, which included the West Side Story, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Tim Burton's Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, and Into the Woods, amongst others. Over the years, Sondheim had won eight Tony Awards, eight Grammy Awards, a Pulitzer Prize, and an Academy Award, not to mention countless other nominations. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, I'm a finally going to soar like a pigeon. Like a pigeon.